Welcome back to the Effort of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleepin. On today's episode, Gabe, Giannis, and I are back on the mic for our weekly episode. This one, we're diving into some of your questions that you guys were asking through Instagram. We talk about tracking progress through pictures, going for 1RMs, what it's like to try and get jacked and do jujitsu at the same time. We then end up uh, kind of navigating to the 20 rep back swap program and finish up talking about some mobility you know, tools that we like to utilize in our training. I always enjoy talking to Gabe. I love these weekly episodes. I hope you're just in the gym, in the car, throwing it on, enjoying these conversations. And if you are, it's a simple ask. Just let us know about it. You know, hit us up on social media, hit us up on, uh, you know, on the podcast, leaving a rating, leave us a review. It's really helpful for us to kind of get the feedback, see what type of episodes that are resonating with you. If you haven't checked out the short format podcast, on Mondays that come out with Coffee with Kalipa. Make sure to check those out. And then obviously we have guest episodes on a regular basis. But let's have a great episode with Mr. Gabe Giannis. Hit us up on social. Let's keep training hard. Let's go. This morning, Gabe, I got a new flavor of Waterloo sparkling water. This is pineapple. And I switched it up this morning. So I'm normally just like a pour over or AeroPress guy. But today I switched it up. I went with espresso, put a little bit of honey, a little bit of oat milk, and a little bit of espresso. Oh, dude, it is the perfect blend right now. So I'm I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. How's your day, man? It's good, man. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you got your fancy coffee going, dude. Fancy coffee. Um, went in. Uh, we're having a little bit of a ant problem at the house, but went in this morning early, 6 a.m. Uh, to a jiu-jitsu class and uh, just a bunch of monsters. And uh, here I am chatting with you now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good day, man. I want to dive into a couple of questions we got through Instagram and um, and then and then just kind of catch up from there. Yeah, let's do it, man. Sounds good. So um, the first one I'll just pitch to you. I mean, this one's pretty easy. Well, okay. Uh, actually, you know, I have a funny question for you. Uh, when is the last time you measured your bicep? Is one bigger than the other? And so... Now that you're on like your bulking train, have you measured any of your muscles? No, no. I've done, I've, I've like taken a few pictures and, um, obviously I measure my every morning. Um, cause part of what I'm trying to do is like keep really close track of how much weight I'm gaining. Um, cause the, the more I've gone down this rabbit hole, and I think we've talked about this in the past is, you know, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but even me in the past you know, when, when you're trying to bulk, a mistake that a lot of people make is that if you eat too much and you're gaining too fast, but you're someone that genetically has a very hard time gaining muscle, what you're doing is just putting on fat. And if you're just putting on fat, then eventually when you want to cut, you're going to have a, a tougher time. B, you're probably not going to look the way you want to look because if you're bulking, you're not just trying to, you know, put on fat, you're trying to put on muscle. So based on all that information, how long I've been training, the fact that like, you know, genetically, I'm not the most predisposed to just putting on mass. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to gain 0.7 to 0.9 pounds a week, like no more than that. Um, and it's been really interesting because I've been weighing myself every single morning and there's a lot of fluctuations day to day that obviously have nothing to do with you putting on muscle or putting on fat. It's just, you know, how much did you drink last night? What kind of food did you have? Did you have a lot of salt? You retained a lot of, a lot of water weight. You know, did you go to the bathroom yet? Did you go to the bath? Did you, you know, maybe 
have a bigger bowel movement than before. Like there's so much that goes into the day-to-day fluctuations. But now that I've been doing it for a while, like it's interesting to see that the trend is kind of right what I want it to be. But there'll be some days where, you know, the scale will go up two whole pounds overnight, which doesn't mean, and I think that a lot of people, especially when they like will go on vacation or take a week off from training, like they'll go to weighing themselves and they'll get, freaked out by the number on that scale because it'll say something and it's like, well, if I put on five pounds, it's five pounds of fat immediately need to burn it off. And it's been a really good, even though I knew this because, you know, if you look into nutrition, you know, this stuff, but it's been a really good, like real life. I've seen it happen. There's some days where three pounds will go up. There's some days where two pounds will go down. But if you take a step back and look at, you know, two weeks of that, it's trending the way I want it to trend, which is good. Yeah, that's why the scale, I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to call it a blessing and a curse, but if you get too into it, yeah, you're right. You can see these huge fluctuations and it's some of it, some of it, not all of it, right? could be based on, like you said, what you ate, how much salt you had, your bowel movements, all that kind of stuff. So, well, all right. Well, so you have not measured your biceps, but you're taking, how often are you taking pictures? Um, Not super often, honestly. Um, I probably did one when I, when I started this. And um, I would say maybe every two, three weeks, if that. Um, flexed or not flexed? <laughs> not flexed. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to see how that continues to go. Um, I uh, The question was uh, presented. Uh, I, I, I don't know the last time I measured my biceps. I have a long time ago. Um, I can't remember exactly why I did it, but I did it a long time ago. And... Um, I have, uh, I have not done it in, in, in forever. Um, one of the questions, I think this is an interesting one. Uh, actually our boy, Matt Chan asks, how often are you lifting to a one RM on major lifts these days? So I, uh, for me, man, I can't remember the last time I went for the last time I went for a one RM on a major lift. And so if you consider major lifts, the squat press, bench press, let's just say, and deadlift, or snatch and clean and jerk, if you add those in too. The last time I worked for a heavy 1RM was last year going into the Rogue Invitational. I worked up to heavy 1RMs on snatches and clean and jerks. I thought they were going to come up at the event, and I wanted to be competitive in that. And my experience with that, and I I don't know if I was talking to you about this, with, uh, I think I was talking to you about this, Gabe, is that my experience with working up to heavy 1RMs is that even though my hips were strong or my body was aware of it, I actually progressively said, I'm not going to go for that one RM for eight weeks. And so I slowly worked my way up until I felt like my body was prepared to actually go for that type of stimulus. Right now though, I haven't gone for a one RM in anything in probably a year. I focus more on threes, fives, tempo, things like that. Um, I don't know. When's the last time you went for a one RM in anything? You're on mute. I, I can't even remember. Um, yeah, it's been a, a, a really, really long time. Because even even prior to when I hurt my back, um, and I was, you know, the training that I did that honestly is the reason I hurt my back was the 20 rep max back squat program. So I wasn't even like, uh, I wasn't testing any singles then. I was doing a lot of volume. Um, so the 20, so. the 20 rep back squat program, um, I've done that. And so did you feel like, so one of the things that happened with me when I was doing the 20 rep back squat program is that, you know, you go up, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like 10 pounds once a week. Isn't that what it is? So there's, there's a lot of different versions out there. Um, 
but yes, it's, it's like, it's no more than twice a week, sometimes some programs. And again, all these answers always like, it always depends. Um, yeah. if you're like more of a beginner and you're not moving a lot of really heavy weight, you can probably get away with doing it twice a week. Um, but if you're someone that is a lot stronger, like if you were to do this now, you shouldn't do it twice a week. Like it would be like a once a week and maybe even just a five pound jump every time you do it. Cause you're going to be moving a lot of weight even from the beginning. Um, so I, when I was doing it and again, you know, like I, I don't even want to say that I hurt my back doing a 20 rep max back squat program because I, that's not what I was doing. I was just being an idiot. Um, you know, like I, I had heard that this program gets you super strong. I, you know, started it and I was like, man, like I could probably get even stronger if I do it three times a week. So I was doing it three times a week. I was doing like oh, yeah. my own, like, like stupid, like, Hey, I'm going to lift so much and get so strong because it was working. You know, mm. for me at the time, I probably weighed, um, I don't even think I was over 180 and I got up to, I even have a video of it. I did 310 for 20 reps on broken. No, dude. Yeah. So that's solid, bro. That's a great I, dude, job. I, I know. But I didn't know that like I was like leaking spinal fluid out of my L4, L5 the whole time. But, but so, you know, the the disadvantage of the 20 rep back squat, it, it is a decent amount of volume, like Gabe is saying, especially at two to three times a week. It's just a lot. It's a lot of pressure. But one of the things that I loved about it is time under tension, uh, loading the spine, working that midline. I mean, it was just, it was a phenomenal program. So over the years, I've done Windler, I've done... Louis Simmons West Side. I've done, I mean, I've done many different strength programs, but the 20 rep back squat program, it was, it, it was phenomenal until it wasn't, was my kind of like experience. Like I really started to dread it once I got into like those low 300s and then working my way up to, to mid 300s. It was like a disaster. And not only was it dreadful, like you really didn't look forward to it, Dude, some of those reps would take you like three or four minutes. I don't remember how, how long did, do you know how long, like some of those heavier reps would take you? I can go back and look at that video. Cause I literally have videos of every single one that I did. Um, but it, I mean, it felt like a, a million years it felt like forever. It was like the first five would always be super easy. The next five would be tough. And then you had like 10 left that you had to like really, really grind through. Yep. And so for anybody who's interested in the twin rep back squat program, I think it's a great idea. I do. There's different ways of doing it. You can look it up online. There's actually, if I'm not mistaken, there's a book about it too, that I read. Um, but if I was you, I would give yourself like a goal or, or something and then kind of create like a date where you're like, okay, at this point, once I get to a certain level, cause what happened with me is there was no like end in sight. And so I just kept going. And it got to the point where that weight was just so heavy, even standing that it just, it just, it was just miserable and it made me hate squatting. And so I wish I had stopped just like maybe like two or three weeks earlier. And it probably would have been like the best experience ever for me on 20 rep back squat. So just my friendly advice on the, on the back squat, but, uh, back to the one RM, I, I just haven't gone for it for a long time. It's just not within my training protocol right now for what I'm trying to do. And, um, but maybe in the future, I'll, I'll end up getting back into it. You know, for me, Gabe, um, actually it's funny. I went to the jujitsu this morning at 6am and, and, uh, like I was saying, and, uh, there was a gentleman when I walked into the gym, listening to this podcast and not this one that we're on, but the one from last week. And it was cool. It was cool to hear that people are listening to the podcast and hopefully getting some value out of it. So if you, if you are listening, 
uh, hit us up on social. Let us know what type of questions you might have. I'm, I'm answering some on Instagram right now, but it was cool to see uh, one of uh, one of uh, the jujitsu athletes uh, listening to our podcast this morning. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I love when it, whenever people, you know, I remember when I first talked to collective gym owners at the OG Collective Summit that we had. Um, and at the time, I was doing probably – I mean, half of the NC Metcon videos on the coaches app, like every single week, me and MDV would split it. And I remember when people would come up to me and be like, hey, like I watch the coach videos all the time and whatever. One thing I, I, I tell myself, maybe a little subconsciously, whenever we record a podcast or whenever we do a webinar or whenever we, I, I get in front of the camera for the app, is I really try not to think about the fact that people are listening to this at all or, or, or watching it at all, because it makes it easier, you know? like. Yeah. If I start thinking that, you know, hey, this gets X thousand downloads and there's people reaching out to Jason about what we say, I feel like I start trying to think too much about what I'm trying to say or like sound a specific type of way or make sure I don't trip up or whatever. And that just throws me into a, a whole spiral. So it's always funny when people then do mention like, hey, I'd listen to this or, you know, this was really funny because um, I'm like, wow. I mean, I guess people listen. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just keeps the conversation more organic. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this morning though, um, I'm, I'm currently training back to the one RM thing. I'm currently training for what's called master worlds for jiu-jitsu, which we've talked about that's September 1st in Vegas, which I'm going to have to do a podcast with you on my experience. Cause I'm rolling solo. I've never done this before. And I'm a little nervous to be no family, no coach, nothing. I'm just, I'm just rolling solo. Um, I'll probably know some people there actually like Brendan from Wattify will actually be there the day before. And, um, <laughs> yeah, oddly enough. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll know some people like, you know, arm's length that are there, but no, no family, no, like friends are going with me, nothing. And I'm actually kind of, um, excited about it. I'm excited because I think it's going to help me overcome some like, I want to get a little bit uncomfortable. I want to know what that feels like to walk into an arena by myself and just go throw down like, um, and just be about some shit, you know, like, Hey, I'm showing up. I'm, I'm here to compete. I got no kids, no wife, no family with me and let's roll. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably, you know, I, I you know what I mean? I don't know. But you do have Brendan. I do have Brendan. I told Brendan, I was like, look, man, if my, if my, <laughs> if my events are on, I just want to be able to film some of my roles because I want to be able to have some of them to look back on. Plus, like if I do as well as I hope I do, it'd be a cool, like little, little reel to put up with some jujitsu. Um, sure. But yeah, as far as it is right now, man, golden solo, getting ready to get after it. So um, anyways, let's see. Got a question for you, Gabe. What's up with carb cycling? For a skinny guy to put on some good size, is that good or bad? Yeah, I, I so I'll, I'll admittedly I haven't gotten like too in the weeds in carb cycling specifically, but my understanding of it is that you know it's counting your macros, but counting your macros in a way where you're not like hitting the same numbers every single day. But there's a method to some days where. I don't know if they call it refeed days or just high carb days where you'll have a lot more carbs and then that number will go down on the other days. And just in principle and a lot of kind of what I've been reading is that any sort of diet break and a carb cycling kind of being that is a really good way to just allow you to like stay consistent longer. Um, 
But that tends to apply more when you're trying to lose weight, not when you're trying to gain weight. So the idea there being, hey, if I'm trying to lose weight and I really enjoy certain carb-heavy foods and I'm not getting enough of those six days a week, having one day in there that like replenishes and just gives you kind of the mental break of being able to have those allows you to stay disciplined the other six days of the week. Um, however, if you're trying to gain weight, like you know, whoever asked that question said, um, I honestly just think that you just have to eat more and eat more consistently. Um, I, I, I think that the benefit of like, hey, there's a specific day around my training where I'm having more carbs here. Um, our bodies generally thrive off consistency. And if you're trying to have it do something like put on muscle, um, I think that you're better off just, you know, taking whatever that higher carb, carb cycling day is and, and spreading that surplus throughout the week. Um, but again, you know, different strokes for different folks is that just something that, you know, allows you to go super crazy one day and have a lot of indulgent foods. Um, and that, you know, works for you. I can see that working, but I, I, I haven't read or seen anything that, you know, has convinced me that like, Hey, that specific method will help with muscle gain, so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah. That was from, uh, Kay Heido. So, um, thank you very much. Kay Heido. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Next question. What was the meeting with Dave really about? Uh, <laughs> oh man, Brian Murphy. So I, um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Dave Castro is the former, uh, director of the CrossFit games, actually uh, general manager of sport. He's had a lot of titles. He's, he's been head of training. He's been like, he's been CEO of CrossFit actually, uh, so Dave Castro has been with the CrossFit space for a long time. Um, he was, uh, his current role is he's an ambassador for the affiliates. That's, that's my take on it. I don't, I don't know his exact title. Um, but he basically gets on the phone, gets on webinars with gym owners and tries to just hear, listen, and see what's going on in the CrossFit space to see what we could do, uh, what, what, what he could provide to add value. And, from my meeting with him, the, the the key that he's doing right now is he's talking to hundreds of gym owners and affiliates and really trying to get to the bottom of like, where is the value proposition that CrossFit could offer? What are they doing well? What could they improve on? And so I was just meeting with him talking about some of that type of stuff, um, talking about the future of CrossFit. And then um, him and I, I mean, obviously he's an expert when it comes to um, firearms and um you know, he's, a, he's an expert with that. And I have a desire to learn how to shoot more effectively. And, and so he, he taught me some of that as well. So that was what the meeting with Dave was all about. Dude, how do I get in on one of these meetings next time? You gotta let me uh -huh. know. So actually you're going to be here, uh, when this is released, you're actually going to be here. And right. so, uh, you know, actually, you know what? I can hit him up. Let me see if I can hit him up and see if we could do a little special Gabe Yana's, uh, uh meetup over there. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we'll do we'll do a recap on the next on the next episode. Good. Uh, Double H asks how how do you, how to survive roles the black belt as a white belt. I got I get a lot of jujitsu questions and I love I love jujitsu questions. I love CrossFit questions. I love it all. Right. Um, but I, if you, if you are and we've talked about this a bunch of times, but if you are new to jujitsu and you're interested in doing it, just look, just take a deep breath, recognize it's gonna be a long journey. Um, you're gonna be in this for a long time. Like if you have a desire to become a black belt in jujitsu. That's a 10 year commitment at almost at minimum. There's been some people like BJ Penn and others that have done it much quicker, but 
in general, most people get their black belt in about, in about 10 years. So if you take that into consideration, when you're in the gym and you see a purple, brown, black belt, they've been doing this for a lot of years. And so they come to it with a little bit more, obviously they have a lot more background. So if you're a white belt, take a deep breath, take it easy, try your best, learn. And remember, it's all about position before you try and hit submissions and just relax, dude. Um, so that's the way you approach it with the black belt. I think is you just go into it. You try your best, but you don't get squirmy and get crazy because the crazier you get, the more they're going to try and just get crazy too. Cause they feel like you're actually trying to hurt them and not trying to have a good sparring session. So just be aware of that. That's my feedback on that. Let's get advice. All right, Gabe, this is a good one. Uh, this one's, this one's, uh, uh, let me ask you how to develop a jacked jujitsu constantly trying to balance strength conditioning with jits. I know you don't do jujitsu, but how many days a week do you think someone should be doing strength conditioning training to supplement their additional sport? Whatever that might be. Let's just say it's basketball, baseball, football, jujitsu, you name it. Yeah. I mean, you said he wants to be jacked, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. So Jack jitsu. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm trying to be jacked, man. I, I get it. I, I think the the thing you have to understand, and I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where you have to weigh, like, you know, how important is the jack part versus how important is the performance in your sport part, right? Because, yeah. like, for me, and it was funny, I was just having this conversation with my, my mom the other day, because, you know, I had signed up for that half Ironman, right? And I, I had every plan on doing it. But then we ended up buying the house here in Texas. So I deferred it a year. And then I just ended up losing my registration because, at the time, it would have been easy to go to Virginia. We were going to go in the Airstream. It was like a whole plan. But now, you know, planning a trip to like leave and go do a race, like it just, it wasn't in the cards. And also, since we bought the place, I just haven't had the time to like go for long runs and long bikes and have the gym in the garage now. So just you're my shift in- swimming pool at, or, or you know, you're not close to the ocean. And you, I mean, I right, right. yeah. there's a swimming pool in, in the next town over. So anyway, it just wasn't doable. But- what I wanted to, the reason I brought that up is, you know, I, I always wanted to be able to like perform in that sport specifically, but I've always had like aesthetic goals as well that I want to hit. And for me, it's a good example, you know, kind of relating to jujitsu because you have to understand that the type of training that you're doing at jujitsu, which obviously isn't the same as training for a triathlon, but it's, it's similar in that it's going to make it harder for you to put on muscle period, because what you're doing there is cardiovascular, you're burning a lot of calories, you're expending a lot of energy. So you have to understand that if your goal is really to put on muscle mass, which you have to do to look jacked, and you're going and rolling 90 minutes a day, three, four times a week, you're now putting yourself in a really, you know, a big caloric deficit where you're going to have to eat, eat a lot more, rest a lot more, and also on top of that, do the strength training to actually see some type of muscle growth. So at the end of the day, I think my advice to someone that has that specific question is you have to kind of periodize it, right? Like maybe spend six months where, hey, I don't want to lose the jujitsu. So it doesn't mean that you stop, but maybe you don't go three, four times a week and you kind of pare it down. You're doing like once or twice a week. You're maintaining your technique. You're making sure you stay sharp, but you're not going crazy there. And you really focus on, hey, let me put muscle on for six months. Let me hit the gym three, four times a week, really hard. Let me eat food. Let me rest. And then like, once you have that muscle built up, you can then shift to, okay, now let me focus on the jujitsu and kind of put the strength training in the back burner. Because one thing that is, and I, I mention this all the time because it's been so impactful to how I think about these things. 
People underestimate how much work it takes to add new muscle, but they overestimate how much work it takes to just maintain. So if you can spend a good six, eight months, like, hey, I'm going to focus on getting jacked, but not completely ignore the jujitsu part, then you can have a really good foundation to where now you can train maybe once or twice a week in the gym, strength training, keep all those gains you've had, but really start excelling in the sport and, you know, become that, that jacked jujitsu guy that you want to be. But I think that that's, at the end of the day, you have to be able to take a step back, have patience and periodize your training because you're trying to accomplish everything at once is not going to get you anywhere in either. Dude, I think that's such, by the way, I think that answer was amazing. So awesome job. <laughs> and I think it, I think it relates to a lot of sports, right? It does like sure. a lot of like, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of carryover between jujitsu and triathlons in the sense that like, I mean, yes, jujitsu is more explosive, blah, 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 blah. But you're, you're, you're training more cardiovascular. You're not really using external loads and you're, you're, you're going to be at a caloric deficit, like you're saying. So it's really difficult to be training. It's hard to be training run, bike, swim every day for three hours a day and put on muscle mass at the same time. That's really difficult. And the same thing could be said about jujitsu, right? If you're spending two hours a day rolling, burning all these calories, it's going to be difficult to get jacked. But I think you could do so. The, what I'm, what we're doing with Mason right now, which is working phenomenally well, is uh, he does three days a week strength training. We prioritize just pure lifting, like just lifting, and with a little bit of sprint work. Now we're not really doing much like hypertrophy type training. It's really just heavy loading, progressive overloading, with the intention of just continuing to build muscle, but actually maintaining as he drops weight for 80 cc's that's coming up in like six weeks so that's that's i i love your answer thank you for that gabe that was awesome jacked jitsu you know someone that you know if anyone is interested um check out i think he puts out great content um i think you should actually have him on we, we should have him on the podcast maybe if we can reach out Ooh. but nick barr you know who nick yeah. barr is yeah i know nick yeah yeah great guy but i mean he's a really he, good he, example he runs hello far but he's a really good example of someone that came from a bodybuilding background and was super jacked. And now he does primarily endurance. And if you look at him, he runs a sub three hour marathon, which is super impressive. But you look at the people he's finishing close to on the finish line, and he's the most like he looks, he has the aesthetic that I know a lot of guys want, but he can do some really, really crazy endurance feats. And it's because he put in the years adding tons and tons of muscle mass to where now he probably doesn't have to work super hard to maintain some of that. And he can even lose some of it and still look a certain way, but he can do something like running a sub three hour marathon, which is for anyone that doesn't know something about running, that is like that cutoff is legit. Like you have to be a legit endurance runner to go sub three hours on a marathon. Cause that means that you're averaging right around or just under seven minute miles for 26 miles. Dude, that's so I can't even comprehend that. Like, uh, well, because what the world record's like two minutes and 20 or two hours and 20 minutes, right? No, no, no. The world record, there were, there were someone that um, just went under two hours, I believe. But that's insane. Oh. That's another level. That's like, you know, these guys are averaging sub five minute miles for 26 miles, which that's is so. I, I can't even, dude, I can't even think about that, right? I mean, a sub seven minute mile for 23 miles. Wow. Wow. Um, best advice for practice, practice for achieving double enters. Uh, look, 
when it comes to double unders, it's really simple. If you're looking to jump rope and learn learn new skill or take it jump roping or anything real, anything where it's like connecting the brain with the body, it just takes some practice. You know, like you take a handstand push up. There, there's a there's a specific prerequisite strength that's required. You have to be able to have that loading position in your shoulder. But when you talk about something like a double under, or um, I can't think right off the top of my head, like another like specific skill like that, you could go from not having it to having it within a day if you just practice it. Um, my recommendation specifically for double unders is, again, because I look at it as connecting your brain by telling your body what to do, I would recommend just practicing for five minutes, three days a week, and you'd be shocked that in about three weeks, you'll probably have them pretty easily. Yeah, I think a lot of people get frustrated and don't have the patience, which again, like it's not actually going to take that long. It just takes a really long time if you practice two days in a row, get frustrated, and then don't practice again until next time it shows up in a workout, for example, and you're like, damn, I should work on my double unders. And then you do two days in a row, and then, you know, that cycle kind of repeats itself. Like you really have to, hey, this is what I'm going to try and work on and, and get down over the next period of time, and it'll happen quickly. Maybe not as quick as you want, but it'll happen quicker than you think than if you just kind of give up and throw your hands up. For sure. For sure. I'll finish this one more question. We can kind of riff on some other things. I, I What kind of mobility can I do for my shoulders for CrossFit um, after doing jujitsu for so many years? So I, I think one of the most impactful things that I've seen for, for shoulder mobility is hanging from a bar. Um, I know that sounds really simplistic in nature, specifically coming from a jiu-jitsu background. Um, I find that most guys have a hard time extending their arm. They have a hard time kind of working that range of motion where their head kind of comes through the window of that position. And I think just hanging from the bar, if you try that and it's very, very difficult for you, um, that could be something you could incorporate a couple of days a week and you'll be super surprised at how much it starts to open up your position. And the goal would be to eventually get to a point where you can kind of like like start with your grip pretty wide. It'll probably help with your shoulder range of motion. And then over time, try and see if you can get your hands closer and closer and closer and still be able to get your head through that position. That would be like a tip I would give. Um, obviously there's a bunch of other ways you can open up your shoulders, but that's one that I think is, is low hanging fruit. Would you say that generally speaking, cause this is true for triathletes and runners. And I, I suspect it might be true for, for jujitsu athletes as well. But do you feel like a lot of them are like very internally rotated? Like, I feel like this is like, you're always here, right? So yeah. people kind of get this body because in triathlon and running, it's the same thing. Like people are very internally rotated. You're spending hours on the bike in this position. Um, and so that's why it becomes especially hard to kind of, you know, open up and, and full range of motion on the shoulders. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm noticing, and I was actually talking to um, Don Fall, who's the new CEO of CrossFit, about this yesterday, because we both have a big interest in kids and fitness. Uh, we, we, we both are very passionate about that. And as many of you know, um, I work out regularly with my children. I find it to be a phenomenal tool for working through adversity, but also I think it'll help build an overall athleticism. So for example, my daughter plays volleyball, my son plays different sports, and in volleyball, you do specific things you know, picture whatever that is in your head. In in Caden's case, he's playing baseball right now. It does very specific things, but there's going to be gaps that we could fill through CrossFit, through in the garage, through in the gym, et cetera. And so when you come from like a jitsu or triathlon or whatever background, anytime you're only in this one realm, I think it's important that 
two, three days a week, you get exposure. Like actually what we were talking about right now, what you said, Gabe, like this whole like Jack Jitsu thing is spending two or three days a week outside of your core sport to work different ranges of motion you don't normally work. So whether that's rotational work or overhead pressing or whatever, no matter what sport you could think of, they fall into a very specific category. Very. Um, some would even say that CrossFit falls into a specific like kind of realm. Now that realm is much bigger than, for example, the realm of what a baseball player might do. Right. But, you know, in CrossFit, there's not that much rotational work. There's not much, you know, I don't know, dynamic, whatever. Um, and so you have to kind of spend two, three days a week working additional supplemental skills to kind of build this overall athleticism. And I think what I'll do over time is you won't have those, you know, hunched over position. You won't have those it bands that get too tight from running too much because now you're, you're, um, you're working it even twice a week. I found has been a big difference, um, for the athletes that I work with that are sports specific. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty telling, and people obviously don't do this. I don't do this as much as I should, and and we all should. But like identifying the movements that you're not comfortable in or you struggle with, and spending more time there, obviously, right? Like, hey, like I love squatting, but hinging like always messes up my back. Like, you should probably hinge more, not hinge heavy, but you should like find something light that doesn't bother you and start moving up because the reason that you love squatting so much and hinging always bothers your back is because there's a weakness there. Sure, there might be another issue, but I think a lot of the times it ends up being that you keep getting stronger in the things you're already strong at and completely ignore the counterbalance to that, which you're getting weaker at, which is going to make it more uncomfortable, which means you're going to avoid it more, which is going to kind of keep making that discrepancy bigger and bigger. For sure. And then there's something to be said about like you gravitate towards the things you like. Like if it was me, I would be doing thrusters, clean and jerks and uh, rowing every day, right? Thrusters. Um, you know what I mean? Like I would just, I just love how dynamic they are, blah, blah. But I've noticed, and, and again, this is just me speaking about my experience is that, you know, for a decade, I competed professionally in CrossFit and I did so many different things. I met with all these coaches all over the world. If I could go back in time, one of the things I wish I had added for me personally, and we've talked about this a little bit, is a little bit more um, of like athletic type work. Like I wish I had spent more time learning how to play sports play traditional sports and in particular, like wrestling, jujitsu, um, even, even basketball, like things that would have worked my eye hand coordination, things that would have worked me a little bit different. I felt like I, I gravitated so much towards the fitness side, which was great. But if I had just done a little bit more over here, I actually think it would have helped me with my overall performance at the CrossFit games. Cause I was never the most athletic guy. I just was like down to grind. And I think that would have helped me. So I guess for anybody listening who's who's kind of in this realm of a sport specific, take two, three days a week, take once a week, take whatever you have available to you and try and just get outside of what you're normally doing. And I think it'll help your overall body feel better too. I know, I know I feel much better today than I did when I was just squatting heavy all the time, you know, for me. I, lo I love that you called it eye-hand coordination because I'm pretty sure most people say hand-eye coordination. Well, my, well, that tells <laughs> you how bad, how bad my hand-eye coordination is. Dude. Dude, bro. I mean, my, uh, my throwing's gotten significantly better. I actually, I want to like do a video to say like, I've kind of, I'm not, I'm not great. I'm not great, but I throw a lot better than I did in 2010 or 11 CrossFit games. I couldn't throw a ball for shit back then. Um, now I throw a little bit better cause I throw with Caden a lot. Um, but it, it was just, I think it would have been 
Hell, I'm glad. I wish I had done it before that CrossFit Games because that was embarrassing. Yeah, the good thing there's no videos on YouTube about that. Oh man, so good. I, I can play it back in my head. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah, dude. All right, don't I don't know where it. I don't know where it is now, but I've I've seen it. Yeah, I tried looking it up uh, online. I couldn't find it, so I figured that's probably a good thing for me. <laughs> well, dude, I know you got a couple meetings coming up. Um, I'm uh, I'm excited to see you coming up uh, this upcoming week here in Northern California. Um, you know, look for anybody listening. Uh, just make sure that you're checking us out on social media at Jason Kalipa at Gabe. I think it's underscore or underscore Gabe Yanez because we put up uh, some questions to ask. It's nice to kind of get some feedback and see what you guys are interested in. And um, this way we could just answer based on what we're going through. Gabe's on the getting Jack tra train. I'm preparing for Master Worlds for Jiu-Jitsu over the next couple of weeks. And then I'll be pivoting my training um, towards the Rogue Invitational, which I will then be sharing with you guys uh, what my game plan is. And basically what the game plan is, is starting September 5th, which is right after my Jiu-Jitsu tournament, I'll then dedicate myself for the next two months uh, on getting jacked and getting stronger. So that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to I'm going to take jujitsu down to like maybe once or twice a week. I'm going to focus on just my heavy lifts and uh, most important, I'll take a before and after picture. So I'll I'll take a picture after the jujitsu tournament, what I look like, and then I'm going to try and get like super shredded uh, for the Rogue Invitational. That's my goal. That's a good goal, man. That's a good goal. And you're going to start training just in time for the new NC Metcon cycle that's starting in September. Dude, I'm going to be hitting that NC Metcon cycle. Uh, yeah. So right now I'm doing jujitsu every day and I'm doing our NC fit. I'm going in and taking class. So I either do morning and evening right now, every day. Um, and then I'll do that for the next three weeks and then I'll switch up my training and jump on that Metcon cycle. Awesome. All good. Well, brother, I appreciate you. Thank you everybody for listening again. Check us out on social, leave us a rating, leave us a review on the podcast. It's always greatly appreciated. I love you guys checking in on this. Make sure you check out our previous episodes. Keep crushing it in the gym, crush outside the gym, and uh, let's keep getting after it. Peace.